I'm James Erpin, and welcome into the Locked On Bengals podcast. Currently overlooking Paul Brown Stadium. The field looks great. Unfortunately, the Bengals won't be here until week four of the preseason against Indianapolis. On today's show, well, you're going to hear from a couple Bengals, including Kavare Russell, who had a big interception in preseason game number one, and Miami of Ohio alum Jared Murphy. Plus, Bleacher Report did a great feature piece. And if you haven't seen this yet, it's really good. Tyler Dunn wrote this, and I actually saw him at training camp. Didn't say hi, didn't know who he was, and he was there and gone in a flash. And um, it was a really good feature piece on A.J. Green. So I caught up with him earlier today on ESPN 1530. You're going to hear that as well. As always, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcast, the iHeartRadio app as well, and LockedOnBengals.com is the place for all things Bengals training camp coverage, including practice recaps from yesterday, a video recap with Tony Pike, highlights that include Auden Tate, uh, and so much more. Also, you could follow on Twitter at James Erpine and at LockedOnBengals. Let's dive into it. Let's start with Kivare Russell. He's a guy I caught up with actually yesterday in the locker room, and I asked him about all things from how his third training camp is going, this time uh, with the Bengals. It, it was weird with Russell because he was a third-round pick of the Chiefs. And in training camp, his, as a rookie, they moved on. And the Bengals claimed him. He's been here since then. I talked to him about his interception, about how he's grown, about the young wide receivers, and about graduating. Here's my one-on-one interview with Bengals cornerback Kivare Russell. In the locker room with Kivare Russell. How is training camp treating you so far? This is your uh, third camp, if, I, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Yes, it is. It seems too long right now, but <laughs> <laughs> it's been okay, though. A lot of learning experiences, a lot of you know new teachings with new D coordinator, new DB coach, but it's been going well, though. You know, just constantly uh, working on my craft every day. What kind of challenges does that bring? Obviously, new coaches, and, and that happened your rookie year, too. Yeah. Obviously, you went from Kansas City to here, and you had to learn a new system. What uh, type of challenges does it bring to um, have to learn Terrell Austin's new defense, have a new defensive backs coach, all of that all of that stuff? Uh, the challenges aren't too bad because it's new for everybody. Like I said, my rookie year, is, it was kind of new for just me because I came during the, I came the second week of the season, so everybody was already in. You know, understood their defense, understood their role, and I kind of came in, you know, had to learn my role, learn my def- learn the defense along the way during the season. So this is I mean, the challenge for all of us. So, you know, just understanding, you know, there's going to be mental mistakes, going to be physical mistakes as well. But so it's not as bad because again, each and every one of us is learning something new. This is new coaches for every one of us that's here. So not as bad though. It's definitely a little bit better than it was, pre- you know, in previous years. Kavar, as, as far as the cornerback room goes, I think it's younger now. Yeah. Than it's been in a while. What uh, what have you seen from the young corners along with yourself? It's definitely younger, but you know, I just guys compete. Like, you know, you got young blood. You guys, you know, guys understand that you know it's part of their job. Like they want they want to they fight. They're, they're fighters. They're scrappier. You know, just because you know you come from college and you come here, you, you want to try to prove yourself, right? Like that's what, that's what young guys. That's what I did. That's what I still do to the, to this day. Just you want to make plays. You know, but a lot of times like, you know when you, want, when you want to make so many plays, you can make mistakes. So as a, as a young guy, for myself and for others, I I just say you know just follow 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 the system, trust the system, and just when your play comes, make it. Like you know don't, don't be too you know sometimes as young players you want to get antsy like okay I'm gonna go do that. I'm, okay, I'm gonna go make my make this play. It's like. Yeah, make the play if it comes to you. Don't just go. Don't don't try to force the play if it's not there. So I think you know. But for the most part, I like I see a lot of you know young young guys and myself. I think we could help this team in some way. In the locker room with Kivari Russell, the wide receiver room goes. Speaking of youth, there's plenty of youth there now, especially with LaFell no longer in that room. Everybody besides AJ Green is a third year 
player like yourself or less than that. Uh, what have you seen from the John Rosses, the Josh Malones, the Auden Tates in practice and obviously in preseason game number one? Uh, they're special. Like I said, our receiving group is definitely special. I love going against them each and every day. And I think it's going to be you know, a challenge for a lot of you know, opposing defenses that go against those guys But because it's definitely a challenge for us each and every day competing against them. But a lot of youth, a lot of talent, and I think you know something special for you know everything jails together on the offensive side. I think that it could be a special group. Preseason game number one, you certainly played well, at least from where I was sitting. You know, you, you had a good defense on uh, Anthony Miller on the left side of the field and then the, the interception and coverage on the, in the third quarter. What did you think of your performance in game one? Uh, for the most part, you know, if you look at number-wise, you know, some people might say played well. I, I, I like the fact that I did get an interception, obviously, because it shows that, you know, I'm still – I can make plays in this league. Like, you know, that's one thing I want to continue to show my team and other people that I can make plays and help this team win. But, you know, I just after watching filming, I got to clean up a little bit. You know, as far as me personally, got to clean up some things just to, you know, enhance my game and really, you know, be – better for this team but for the most part you know it's just it's, it's a decent first game but you know i'm never satisfied you know i'm never sad always hungry always competing always want more you know i want two three picks now you know what i'm saying you know, never satisfied but it was you know it's a good you know showing that to, to show the world show, show my teammates show everybody that you know I'm, i mean i can make plays but it's just, i want to be able to continue to do that continue to grow this is the first time we've talked in camp. Uh, how was your off season? How did it treat you? Did you go anywhere fun? I didn't, man. I was, you know, I went back to school. You know, everybody. Yeah, I went back to school. I went, got my degree from Notre Dame. Uh, finished my degree, so that was, that was big for me and my family. But other than that, I didn't do much, man. I, I was, I was on campus. <laughs> Where'd you get your degree? In? Business, business management. Sorry. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations, Thank man. You, did you walk? Did, did you do? I did everything. Yeah, I walked in May, so that was big time. Yeah, so that, that, that is big time. It, it's one of those ceremonies because when I walked, I was like, should I do this yeah. or not? It's worth it, it's even though it's it. it's hours and hours. It's def- oh, that was miserable. Oh, that, that was definitely <laughs> miserable, especially at Notre Dame. So, you know, it's a, it's special to graduate from Notre Dame. Sure. So there, it seems like it's even longer. Oh yeah. man, it was long, but it was something I you know I wouldn't I cherish and I wouldn't want to take back because it was it was, it was special, man. It was great. I've looked at uh, the rankings just for for Notre Dame. Yeah. They're they're up there. I know. You man. think they're gonna be pretty good this we'll year? See, man, I'm excited. Like, like, a lot of young guys, you know, they lost some guys to the draft, but. You know, I, I'm always go Irish, and I'm always yeah. I trust in these guys, so we're gonna see what, what Coach Kelly could do, and ho- hopefully, you know, he brings you know brings brings a lot of wins. So I'm excited. Yeah, that sounds good to me. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, Doc. That is Kivare Russell, and I think he's battling for a roster spot. In preseason game number one was certainly a boost. If you pay attention to LockedOnBengals.com, you've seen I've written he struggled at times during camp. Part of that might be going up against the the John Rosses and Tyler Boyd's and Josh Malone's of the world, who are promising, who are young, who are thriving and trying to prove themselves. But um, I think preseason game number one, he showed well. He went up against Anthony Miller on the left side, like I mentioned in the interview, fared well, had an interception in the third quarter. That was good. And honestly, I had him penciled in as the fourth corner on this team going into training camp. So to see his struggles early, it's good to see him rebound on game night, and we'll see if it continues. Haven't noticed him as much this week in practice and that's good you don't really want to notice corners <laughs> they're kind of like offensive linemen usually when you notice them usually it's not for anything good um, but overall Kivari Russell I think he's fighting for a roster spot I think he's fighting for the fourth cornerback position and I think so far he's had an up and down camp we'll see how it goes moving forward let's get one more in before we get a break and get the tie done this was uh, this was interesting I caught up with Jared Murphy who I got to be honest with you, not many people, you probably don't even know who he is. He's number nine on the Bengals roster. He was signed right before camp started. He quickly uh, was brought in, uh, and we talk about the playbook and things like that, but he's out of Miami of Ohio. 
He doesn't have the measurables. 5'9". Look, honestly, Jared Murphy and I aren't built much different. Um, and he's on an NFL roster now and fighting um, f- for a spot, naturally, on this team. Now, will, is that likely? I don't think so. Um, I think there's a chance, though, that if he has success, he's going to get opportunities. Because if you remember, this, t- this team, and, and no team in the NFL, has to cut down from the 93 or the 90-man roster uh, until the end. So when they cut down to 53, they don't have to jump down to 75 or anything like that. So I think that last preseason game, especially against Indianapolis, I think he's going to get a chance. And what that does is that puts him on a good big stage for Canadian Football League teams, which there's been plenty of CFL scouts, for other teams across the league. And who knows? Who knows? But uh, I really liked my my conversation with him. I I, I like sitting down and, and, and talking to players that you probably don't know much about. I certainly don't know much about him. I'll be completely frank with you. And uh, so, yeah, we, we talked earlier today in the Bengals locker room, and he's a big Randy Moss fan. Let's, uh, let's get to my one-on-one interview with Bengals wide receiver Jared Murphy. Jared, I appreciate the time. How's training camp treating you so far? Uh, it's going good. You know, at first I was kind of swimming to catch up on the playbook and stuff. You know, coming in the, the first day I was a little bit behind, and, you know, that was pretty stressful. Um, you know, without the install progressions and stuff in the meeting room, kind of having to be on your own to learn it. But everything's kind of sl- slowing down for me a little bit, and I'm starting to enjoy it and finally be able to play uh, fast, you know. How was it keeping ready and staying ready just in case you did get that call like you ended up uh, getting from the Bengals? Yeah, I mean, uh, I had a lot of a lot of awesome people in my corner that kept supporting me and kind of kept pushing me. But more than anything, it was just the thought of if I did get the call, how much I'd regret not being ready and not being in shape. So that's kind of what kept me going. You know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity, so you know, I just want to stay ready for it. In the locker room with Jared Murphy, being in this locker room is it kind of a, a surreal thing to to be lining up next to AJ Green or lining up against William Jackson, things like that? Uh, I mean, absolutely. This was kind of my uh, dream my whole life. So to you know finally be here, it's. You know, it is a surreal feeling being around a lot of guys that have, you know, had successful careers and accomplished a lot of, at the highest level. So um, definitely a cool experience. And, and, you know, all the guys have been – it's been cool to meet them, and they've all been awesome and, and willing to help me learn and stuff like that. So, Did you grow up being a Bengals fan, or were you uh, a fan of a different team? Well, I'm from Fort Wayne, Indiana, but my um, my dad and my grandpa grew up Bears fans, so I kind of watched a lot of Bears games. <coughs> um, other than that, I just – I was a fan of players growing up. So, Who was your favorite player? Um, my favorite receiver growing up was probably Randy Moss, so I always enjoyed watching him. Did you get to catch his Hall of Fame induction at all? Uh, actually, I, I did catch part of it, but not all of it. Gotcha. What'd you think? Awesome. I love anytime he's talking. I love listening to him. I think he's an awesome commentator, so I always try to catch him. It made me feel old because those are the players I grew up watching, and then it was officially like, oh my God, they're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I felt too. Uh, Brian Erlacher was I was a big fan of his growing up too, and Ray Lewis, all of them obviously. So yeah, it was pretty crazy that they're you know getting inducted to the Hall of Fame now. A few more questions for Jared Murphy in the Bengals locker room. Jared, what do you think the hardest thing has been so far adjusting from the college level to here? with the NFL, with the Bengals in training camp? I mean, for me specifically, definitely, you know, getting my hands on the playbook a little late was tough. And then, obviously, the speed of the game um, was faster than ever than I've ever played. So it's and it's critical to understand the playbook, you know, um, just so you can be able to play fast and play up to the, you know, the high speed that the game's played at. Have you envisioned yourself 
making a, a catch maybe on Saturday in Dallas or in, in a preseason game getting work like that? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's part of the preparation and the process to getting yourself ready to play is, you know, imagining things like that happening. So it's definitely crossed my mind. How many people reached out when you did get signed? Did your phone blow up? Was yeah. it was it crazy? Yeah, there's a ton of people. I've had uh, amazing support from, you know, all of northeast indiana fort wayne you know kids i went to high school with all the way to miami university and all my friends and and teachers there and stuff and and coaches so i i don't even know if i replied to all of them i was trying to do my best but my phone was going pretty crazy did you play against jesse bates by chance in 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 college or in high school no we didn't in high school we uh we we got to train together a little bit at you know awp but his snyder's a lot bigger school than columbia city and they're a different conference so um, obviously, we'd always hear about each other's. Well, maybe I hear about his team more, but um, so I mean, I, I always knew him and trained together and stuff. But we never actually got to face off against each other in a game. Jared, good luck with uh, the rest of the camp. Good luck today with practice, and uh, we look forward to seeing you out there Saturday. Thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Good stuff there. That's Jared Murphy. Uh, I wish him all the best. I hope he has success. Look, you're you're fighting an uphill battle, and plenty of us have had uphill battles in in our professional career. I certainly have. Uh, you know, in your whatever industry you work in. And uh, I wish him nothing but the best moving forward. I hope he gets some some catches. That's why I asked him that. I hope he gets a reception, a couple of receptions. Because you, if you see guys seen the, the movie Invincible, and the guy's talking to Mark Wahlberg, and it, it's whether or not he should try out, Mark Wahlberg's like on the fence about it. And his friends and everyone's trying to convince him to. And, and the guy says, it's even if you haven't seen the movie, you might have seen the trailer. He says, Vince, even if you're out there for five minutes, at least you're out there. And that's one of the coolest lines to me. Like, that stuck with me forever. So it it makes a lot of sense for a guy like that to work his tail off while he's here. Who knows how long he's going to be here? Who knows what happens? But uh, the fact that he's he's putting the time in and working in that wide receiver room, and he looks good. Heck, I I took a video of him. Uh, Him and John Ross, they they were doing a, a tandem together uh, a tandem route a tree where one quarterback throws the one guy one throws the to another uh, combination routes is what they call them and um, you could check that out as well at lockedonbengals.com or on my twitter feed i took that on today's wednesday i took that monday so you can check that out there up next though we're going to talk about another Bengals wide receiver this one well he thinks he's going to the hall of fame and he thinks he's he's going to play seven plus years uh, or has seven-plus years left in the NFL. Tyler Dunn did a feature on A.J. Green of Bleacher Report. I caught up with him earlier today. You're going to hear that interview next on the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine, and this is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Tyler Dunn of Bleacher Report joined me earlier today on ESPN 1530. I thought the feature he did on A.J. Green was amazing, and so I figured I would play my interview with Tyler. I started off by asking Tyler, what surprised him the most about his time that he spent with A.J. Green and really talking to A.J. and getting to know him? Right, the fact that he never had a drip of alcohol, right? <laughs> I, guess, I guess what first comes to mind is you know, he's one of the best players in the NFL. Guys would be living the highlights in, in every way he possibly could, and, and he hasn't really ever had you know a beer, uh, an ounce of any kind of alcohol. But no, seriously, uh, for me it was – what he's been through, um, you know, I, I think he, he obviously, as you all know out there, very quiet, very different, just just cuts against the grain in, in every way at his position. When, when you talk about the flamboyancy of an Odell Beckham Jr., of Antonio Brown, of Des Bryant, I mean, he, he's clearly different. And 
I guess that's kind of the curiosity that, that led us um, to Cincinnati for this story is, is why, what makes him the way he is. And what really shocked me was, you know, four years old, the, the way in which he lost his brother and how he remembers everything about that car accident. I mean, you think of when you're four years old, if you remember anything at all, I couldn't tell you a thing. He remembers that, that crash and that aftermath like it was yesterday. And then on to high school, obviously, when, um, you know, his mentor, his coach that he lost uh, in that fire, you know, same deal. I mean, these are two tragic, tragic episodes in his life that made him who he is. And, and you know, in this job, you run across um, a lot of players who have been through a lot of things. And um, there's always an anecdote. There's always a story, often always an obstacle that defines that player. But. More than any other player I can remember in recent memory, I've done a story on it. This really did make AJ Green who he is. He lives his life as an extension of those two tragedies. And, um, you know, obviously he, he wants to go down as one of the best wide receivers ever. And, yay, I'll, I'll believe him. I mean, if you think it's realistic, <laughs> I'm buying in. Tyler, do you think that the the two tragedies that AJ went through, obviously one at a young age, the the other – uh, high school age, th- that they shaped him, helped mold him, and give him a unique perspective that some of these other wide receivers, some of these uh, most players, most people don't have. I mean, he's not looking for instant gratification on social media, and you highlight that in the piece. I really do. I, I, I think you just nailed it. Is I mean, we live in, in this time, I think that we'll all look back on and, and just kind of roll our eyes. Where, I mean, it's it's not just NFL players. It's not just Odell Beckham Jr. You know, taking a photo or having somebody take a photo of himself, looking at his abs. I mean, this is sadly <laughs> our generation where we are seeking instant gratification in every way imaginable, whether that's on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, in real life. It's just, it's it's a weird time that that we live in. Um, but I, I think AJ Green just basically never took the bait. I mean, he never was tempted by all of that, and, and he plays a position where players are, are drawn to the instant gratification because you don't have control. You can't just take over a game the second you want to take over a game. So frustration leads to malcontent, and malcontent leads to trying to find a way to show everybody that you're as good as you think you are, and often this is how you see it. So A.J. Green, I mean, with what he went through, um, saw the big picture, I think. Um, saw that he doesn't need to... Uh, get happiness. He doesn't need to scratch that itch the way most players in his position scratch that itch and find happiness. And I, I think that he genuinely appreciates and cherishes every second of every day, every snap of every practice, every game in a way that, that is is rare. What I think was very interesting was the fact that he was willing to come out and say, oh, yeah, Hall of Famer. Like he he envisions him, envisions himself as a Hall of Famer, and he's not afraid. He wasn't shy about saying it, and he's not a guy who brags. He's not a guy that says, "Oh, definitely." And in the the number one wide receiver here back in the day, Chad Johnson wore a Hall of Fame jacket as a touchdown celebration. That's not AJ, but I think it, it's because AJ truly believes it. That was one of my takeaways from the piece. He buys into it, so he's just saying what is true. Not necessarily bragging. Like, that's a goal, and he thinks it's achievable. He definitely does. I mean, he, he thinks that, no, no doubt about it, slam dunk, he'll be in Canton, first ballot, and that there is a chance he could go down as one of the best ever. I mean, that, that, that is real. And 
that's why um, you know we talked for a while after one practice and kind of went back and listened to our conversation and uh, I was like, wait a minute, he he, he did say that he, he didn't just say it. I mean, he, you could tell he really meant it. Um, so the next day, kind of approached him as he's walking out the field. I was like, hey, you know, AJ, I just want to ask you again, like, you, you know, Hall of Fame, like this is <laughs> this is a real thing, best ever. That you really feel that way, and he didn't back down. And I, I think the fact that. AJ Green is AJ Green, and the the way he is, and the way he's made up, that it, it carries that much more substance to it. Like as you said, I mean, us a lot of players will make bold declarations, and you know, you hear something that a guy says, and you just kind of take it with a grain of salt. But with AJ Green, with his background and and the way he approaches every day, absolutely. I mean, your your ears perk up, and there was a point um outside the locker as outside the locker room as we're walking back when he started talking about Super Bowl and Gino Atkins actually kind of leaned in to listen, you know, he heard those words and was like, Oh, okay. What's he talking about over here? Because you know, he probably knows AJ Green as well as anybody too. And I think that's what's probably encouraging if you're a Bengals fan as well. He thinks this team can legitimately contend this year. He sees 2015 talent all over the place. That team is Saturday. Um, he thinks John Ross, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon, all these guys around him can give him some help. And, uh, you know what? I was only there for a week, but I tend to agree with him. Man, the Bengals look loaded on offense. Tyler Dunn, Bleacher Report, is with us. You can follow him on Twitter at Ty Dunn. Also, uh, he wrote a great feature piece on uh, AJ Green. There's a link to it at ESPN1530.com. Also, Bleacher Report. And Tyler, yeah, to to me, and I, I do think that that's achievable. I also, I was of the belief, and you kind of wrote about this towards the end of the piece that. Maybe A.J. Green doesn't always end up and stay happy in Cincinnati if things don't go right. And I, I've speculated that with A.J. He wants to win. I know he wants to win, and he's great. And he's only going to be great for so long. And, and with a short shelf life like that, knowing the Cincinnati Bengals organizational history, at some point he might have had enough. And I think this season, if it doesn't go the way he expects or, or the way uh, a lot of fans expect that maybe he reaches that point. And I think that's interesting that you said, who knows how he feels a year from now, but, but right now he feels like this team has a legitimate chance. Yeah, d- definitely. Because urgency is rising. I mean, this, this team is really, really good. He can sense that it's really, really good. You're talking seven years already without a playoff win. So I, you know, all good things come to an end, even the really, really, really good things come to an end. And, Somehow there, there's been this harmony between Dalton and himself. Um, you know, although both did kind of admit that there's times behind the scenes that they do butt heads that nobody really sees. And then Green's quick to say, well, it's an honor to play with, with Andy. I love it. But <laughs> I through that, you know, with how they both kind of worded it, I'm thinking to myself, there could be a breaking point here. I mean, with all this talent, if they go 7-9, if they go 6-10, and 10, um, yeah, I mean, you, you could have another Jalen Ramsey type of episode times, you know, 10. I mean, who, who knows? I, right now he's in, he's in a really, really good place. He's really confident in this team, and, and the Bengals, you know, could sneak up on a lot of people this year. But, yeah, I, I think you just nailed it as well. Uh, you know, as happy as he is with his contract, even that contract he likes does run up at some point, and we'll see if Andy Dalton can – be the 2015 Andy Dalton, and, and, and as he says he wants to do, get A.J. Green to that place where, where we're talking about him as the best ever. Last question for Tyler Dunn of Bleacher Report, who did a feature story on A.J. Green. What, uh, what was one thing, Tyler, or, or maybe your 
your biggest takeaway, your biggest feeling that that changed before you met AJ Green to after you did this piece and you wrote about AJ Green and you spent all the time with him? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think just how genuinely uh, sincere he is and genuinely down to earth he is. I, he, there's there's no errors about him. Um, there there really weren't spewed cliches about him. And he was himself. He was real. And it, granted, it was, my interactions were, were were brief. It's not like I'm living with the guy day in and day out and, and seeing what he's really like as a person. But, man, I, I just feel like he is as, as real as it gets. Uh, not somebody who's, you know, he probably doesn't, doesn't even care that a story's written about him or doesn't even care if somebody's talking about him on TV or notoriety to, to any degree. I, I genuinely believe him when he says that. All he wants to do is be a great father, be a great husband, and play football. And um, a lot of players say that. He lives it. He's Tyler Dunn. Follow him on Twitter, at Ty Dunn. Check out his piece on AJ Green on BleacherReport.com. I also tweeted it out as well. Tyler, I appreciate the time, and uh, continue to keep up the good work, man. That piece was awesome. Hey, you, you got it, man. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate that. That's Tyler Dunn of Bleacher Report. I tweeted out his article at James Erpine, and he joined me earlier today on ESPN 1530. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Our our podcast is growing, and it's all thanks to you. Thank you for sharing it with your friends, giving us a five-star review on iTunes, which helps uh, get the word out. Anything you can do to get other Bengals fans involved, I love it. I also want to throw out this idea two things real quick and I would love your feedback on both I'll talk more about these maybe on Thursday Friday probably Friday we already have a pretty good show tomorrow Jim Osarski and uh, some other stuff that I'll have as well but tomorrow or on Friday or just throughout the season in general um, and I'll elaborate on this like I said Friday do you guys like the idea of having a voicemail like a voicemail, locked on Bengals voicemail, where you can call, leave a message, ask a question, and I can do like a Q&A every Tuesday about the game or every Thursday before the game or every Friday before the game, Q&A Friday. It, let me know because I, I think that that's something we can certainly do. I've looked into it a little bit. I've asked around, and we could do a voicemail. But I only want to do it if you guys are, are interested in that. Obviously, you could get your voice on the podcast uh, I could answer. You, you could explain yourself a little bit more than within a hundred or two hundred and eighty characters, like uh, Twitter is. So, uh, just let me know. There's certainly something out there. We obviously have email James Erpine at ESPN fifteen thirty com and Twitter at James Erpine and at Locked On Bengals. But if that's something you guys are up for, then absolutely, I, I'd be willing to do it. The other thing that I was kicking around, and, and I think I am going to do this every regular season game when we cut down to the fifty three. I'm going to ask three or four players a week, and I've done the math. It'll probably it'll be five weeks of four players, and then the rest of the week I'll do three players of their favorite warm-up song, their favorite song to listen to while they work out, or their favorite song to listen to that gets them hyped and fired up. And then what I'm going to do is take those songs and start building a playlist, and we will build a playlist on Spotify, and that way you have your 2018 Bengals workout playlist and I think that that's kind of a cool thing that uh, you might not get anywhere else so I I think we're going to do that I've thought about it and and I think it's just really worth it to kind of 
I don't know. Get, do something a little different. Switch it up a bit. So let me know on the voicemail thing. Let me know what you think. Would you listen to a Bengals playlist? I know I would. Heck, I, I need to get more gym songs. I feel like I'm running out of songs to listen to at the gym, songs that I, I enjoy. And usually it's a lot of hip-hop and stuff. So shoot those my way if there are certain songs that uh, I should add to my workout playlist. I'm James Erpine. This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Back at it tomorrow with Jim Osarski. More from Bengals training camp and a complete training, re- uh, training camp recap on the website tonight following practice at LockedOnBengals.com. Thanks again for listening. Until tomorrow, I'm James Rapine. This has been the Locked On Bengals Podcast.